The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return, brought to you by Narcanon Suncoast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. This is episode 115, and this is Joni Siegel, and I'm joined today in the studio, no kidding, by my co-host, Jason Good. Here we are in the studio, and I have a certain level of annoyance this week with things that I see on the internet. You know... Often you're annoyed by things, and I think rightfully so. So, what is it that's annoying you this week, Jason? So it's interesting. I, one of my one of the guys that works in my office with me will regularly kind of give me ideas of like things to write about. He knows I write blogs. Right. I like to inform the public about what's going on. Right. And so every now and then he gives me a little like piece of information, like, oh, have you heard about this happening or that happening? And <laughs> It was last week he, he said, so have you heard that kids are smoking bed bugs to get high? I was like, what? Kids smoking bed bugs. How do you even find bed, bed bugs anyway? I mean, hopefully they, you don't. Hopefully I mean, you don't. <laughs> you always hear that thing, you know, like sleep tight, don't let the bed bugs bite. I don't think I've ever, I know they exist, but I, I don't think I've ever actually seen one. I'll tell you, it was the most like mentally upsetting thing I've ever had happen to me almost like in my sobriety was having bed bugs when I used to live in San Francisco. Ah. And what and it's really creepy is you start looking up like how they operate and how they work and it's really gross. And because what happens is they censure there by the carbon dioxide you breathe out. Okay. And then they feed on you at like four or five in the morning. They bite you? They bite you, but okay. they inject you with an anesthetic so you don't feel it, but your skin is numb. Oh. Where they hit you. Or where they bit you, and then you see little bloody footprints on your sheets. It's like awful. It's oh. it's the worst thing. Wow. But, but so, kids are smoking but, them. <laughs> electively. <laughs> Here's the thing. He said, oh, kids are smoking bed bugs. Yeah. I said, no, they're not. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And so, of course, I went and set out on Google to make them wrong, like prove them like, wrong. Like, this is not a thing. And so I found a multitude of websites that said, and even um, some... Uh, media news outlets saying yeah kids are smoking bed bugs to get high i was like this has got to be this is either not real and it's fake or it's like one of the most ridiculous things i've heard of right so far you know um it was funny when i was telling you about it before we start recording you're like why is that shocking I'm like it doesn't <laughs> shock me and it's surprising I, it should shock me. It's These not just are, it's not just our president who calls out the fake, fake news. news. Yeah, okay, it's the, he's not making it up. Okay. Yeah, it's not <laughs> just the thing about fake news. It's not just like a like a catchphrase. It's it's actually a real thing that's right. going on. Right. Um. And a lot of times, people out there will have false information about certain things because they got it from some random article they clicked on their newsfeed and Facebook. And Facebook's notorious. Yep. For people in different, you know organizations whatever put out fake news and all oh, of a sudden yeah. there's all this like fake news fake information with fake solutions it gets real weird and so there's a great photograph of the marine on the ladder coming out of the ocean going up into a helicopter and a huge shark about to eat him uh-huh. it's a fake photo oh yeah tons of those but it's been around forever anyway go ahead yeah no there's tons of fake photos Bed the bugs. thing is it's a I used to make a joke back in the day, like, oh, well, there's nothing on the internet that's fake. There's lots of quality control. And so things don't make it up there that aren't real because some people really believe everything they're reading. It's like, oh, my goodness. I know. It's like we're de-evolving to become a little bit dumber. Anyways, so I'm, I'm the whole first page of Google is all these little stories and places that covered this. And it's like said, kids are smoking bed bugs to get high. Me with my little investigator hat on, clicked on one of them. And I started reading it, and it went on to say, 
apparently there is a hallucinogenic substance within the bed bug, but the, the drug itself can't be separated from the bug. So what a person has to do, if you like to enjoy whatever chemical this is, you have to basically catch the bugs, dry them up, crush them down, smoke them, shoot them, or snort them. Okay. And this pause is what my brain did as soon as I read this. It was like, right. I, I've got nothing. I've got nothing. I've got nothing. I don't know what to say to this. I, I was like, this is so stupid. And so I read it. So below, so I backed out of that link and I saw like about two down on the first page of Google's like towards the bottom was one website that literally, that literally read like this. All hope, it all was all hope in humanity is lost. Kids are not, are now smoking bed bugs to get high. So I, of course I clicked that. That one seriously interested me. And they covered the same story that I just read, but at the bottom they did an update. Sorry, apparently this was not real. I was like, uh huh, okay, fine. So let's like do some like more investigative work. So I tracked this whole thing back to a news station in the Phoenix area in Arizona. It was, I think it was about a year. It had to be about a year or two ago. On April Fools, they made a joke, and they actually did a fake televised news story. Uh, about kids smoking bed bugs to get high. Apparently, they had done a real news story about butane hash oil called, you know, dabs. Mm-hmm. They did a story about that, and this story like mimicked it, but they they took out marijuana and dabs and replaced it with bed bugs. Okay. And so at that point, I stopped because my body got real hot, my face got real hot, and I had to back <laughs> out, get up, and walk away and take a walk because at that very moment, I realized that a major news station lied to the public about a drug issue in the middle of a drug crisis. Not funny. No, it's not. It's, it's, not, not, a, it's, it's not, not even it's a good not, April Fool's joke. You know, it gets me mad even thinking about it. It's not funny. Even not right now, I'm thinking about it. There's, how could they think that was funny? Because if you're a TV news station, generally you're trusted as a source of actual real information in your community. Otherwise, you're not going to be on the air. Right. Um, and... If you want to make an April Fool's joke, don't do it about the drug crisis and give a and, and create. It is a real situation in this country. It's not like it's. I mean, it is. You know, it created a fake problem. Like kids are not smoking bed bugs to get high, but what it does is what anything else that you know is considered kind of sensational that ends up on the internet is it goes wild. People are nuts with it. Yeah, because the first thing some people probably saw was. Kids smoking bed bugs to get high. Not that, oh, this was a weird little April Fool's thing we did. Exactly. They didn't read that part. All of a sudden, it goes cuckoo yeah. on the internet. And, and all of a sudden, you've got, you know, organizations being created to educate families about the dangers of smoking bed bugs. And it's like, no, stop, stop, stop. Yeah. Because it, we started creating a, a fake solution to a fake problem. And especially, a, a, a new, like I said, a news station should not ever, in the middle of a drug crisis, make up a problem involving the drug crisis. It's an irresponsibility. You, it, it's, it, it's, it's, very, it's completely irresponsible. And as I did say to you before we started recording, why are you surprised? Like you go, it, there, you look at the, just look at the rags and the tabloids as you check out from the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And it'll say, George Clooney runs off with the twins or something 
he probably took them to the park. Right. And so they get a photograph of him with his children and they make up this whole headline about how he's angry with his wife and divorcing his wife Mm -hmm. and he's run off with the children. And it's, I'm telling you, it's what they do. They're merchants of chaos, Jason. They have... The ethics of a reporter is about the level of a bed bug. That's actually a good, that's actually a really good kind of analogy there. It really is about the level of a bed bug. And, um, you know, like I say, when Trump says there's fake news, he's, he's not kidding. They make, they make stuff up out of whole cloth. You know, you have an untied shoe and they can write a whole story about how you can't afford shoelaces and you are so poor and you, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. It's yeah. absolutely ridiculous. And that's how they work. You know, and, it's, and honestly, I feel like it's all just for your entertainment. It's what, I, What's a tabloid? I mean, a tabloid's for your entertainment. Well, it's, 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 yeah, but I think a lot of it is, as we said before, they're merchants of chaos and they want to try and upset people. I mean, we've even talked about how, you know, yes, there is an opioid problem in right. this country but that's not the only drug problem no. that we're looking at there's a lot more that's been happening with drugs mm-hmm. that sometimes get somewhat overshadowed like marijuana or what have you and right. it's all like opioids 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 right and you know i remember when i uh when i went to the drug prevention summit and mm-hmm. i was talking to robert dupont mm-hmm. who was the former united states drug czar he was one of the first ones and i remember talking to him about how long he had been involved in this whole area of drug addiction mm-hmm. and he said you know, it used to be heroin. Right. You know, and, it, and there's nothing, it, there's no difference with what we're doing today. It's got a lot more media coverage. Right. Maybe there's more people, but it's, it, this is not a new problem. No. And no, it's, it, it's interesting because you, you were just saying how people often think it's just an opioid problem, opioid problem. It's only, we have way other, you know, we have way more <laughs> other drug issues out there. But it's almost the same thing with like China. China's the problem. China, people are buying fentanyl online. It's coming from China. And they're the biggest problems with, you know, the online sales of drugs. And it's like, actually, wait. Actually, one of the biggest problems with online drug sales. Online, can't even talk. <laughs> the biggest problems with online drug sales is actually an app that most kids and adults have on their phone. is in their tablets right now. It's an app called Snapchat. Have you heard of Snapchat? I have. Okay, so Snapchat is one of the biggest drug markets out there right now because what Snapchat is, it's a free messenger app. We can send pictures that disappear after a couple seconds. Oh. Uh-huh. So way back, I think it was in 2013, there was this big website called the the Silk Road Okay. that got a lot of news, uh, a lot of news coverage where you had to, it was part of the dark web. Okay. So, like, there's the internet that most of us use. Right. Then there's a layer below it called the dark web. And then there's a layer below that, which who knows what goes on there. But the dark right. web is known for, like, being, like, a really seedy, gross place on the internet. And you, you can only access it through a certain program called a Tor browser. Okay. So, pe- but either way, so people, it got big enough that people were actually using a Tor browser to go into the dark web to visit a website called the Silk Road where you could literally buy any drug you ever wanted and get it shipped wherever you wanted. Okay. And it was actually like legitimate. Like people were actually successfully purchasing whatever drugs they wanted, whatever quantity they wanted. And is it still there? No, it got shut down by the okay. FBI. Oh, okay. In 2013, that's when it got a bunch of coverage. Oh, okay. And you used cryptocurrency to buy it. And it was just real shady. But 
now it's like you've got Snapchat going on, which uh, I've never okay. used it. I don't have it. I don't. I don't know much about it. So yeah, like so I was saying before, it's a it's a free app. I mean, kids use it to send funny pictures, and they've got filters on it and the cool thing to or maybe it's not the cool thing about it but the pictures disappear unless you screenshot it otherwise the picture is taken and is gone right and so it's really really hard to find people necessarily on the on the app unless you have like their exact like little username and so you know through word of mouth people find their drug dealers uh on snapchat and um the drug dealers don't really worry because they use a fake name and a fake picture and like all this stuff and they have it all set up but there's a whole like like a like a whole black market drug sales going on, on this app wow which is interesting because Do the now, texts go away too yep oh, the okay. texts and the uh, pictures all just disappear interesting and so you've got dealers who trust the people that are are following them because they've only been either given their exact username by the dealer themselves or someone they trust ordinarily and the law enforcement agencies are gonna have a really hard time getting warrants and stuff to raid a person's account like uh, like a digital account on this so it's it's a little bit weird um and i read a couple articles about this that this is actually a big deal and you've basically got drug dealers and you know your kids back pocket on their phone because all they do is they go look at the app they pull up the the dealer's little story they see what they have to sell and message them and go buy it wow so it's a little bit weird so online drug sales are more they're hitting home a little bit closer hitting a little bit closer to home more than just like fentanyl coming in from China and stuff. It's like an app like most of us, a lot of us have in their phones and their tablets is also where a lot of kids buy drugs now. Wow. It's like they're not traveling around to like bad neighborhoods and like trying to find a guy that's holding and hopefully they don't get robbed or beat up or whatever. It's just like, no, they just pull out their phone and go figure it out and that's it. Right. You know what I mean? It's a little right. weird. So the point being that the media makes, the media focuses on something and it becomes the idea that that's the biggest thing going on. Or that's the only problem. When it, when it, and what you hear about the uh, epidemic is that you've got a general opioid problem. Fentanyl is the biggest enemy right now. Heroin's not even around that much anymore. Like a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people out there who say they're heroin addicts are really fentanyl addicts. It's a painkiller. Oh. But the car fentanyl, the elephant tranquilizer, is an analog or like an altered version of fentanyl. And what China does, they make all these various analogs or different like formulations or variations of fentanyl. And so it's like half the fentanyl out there, we don't even know really what that chemical is at this point because it's it's gone from a like pharmaceutical grade painkiller that you only get in hospitals or before surgery, after surgery, whatever. Now you've got China altering the chemical, creating new versions of it, doing all this stuff. It's now just another one of the random weird synthetic drugs out there that we really don't know what other problems are going to cause other than what we're seeing acutely right now, which is like mass overdoses. Just a reminder that you are listening to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For more information on the podcast, you can visit our website, theaddictionpodcast.com, or our Facebook page by the same name, or you can email us at theaddictionpodcast at yahoo.com. For more information on Narcan on Suncoast, call 1-877-339-3324. That's 1-877-339-3324. Do you have a loved one struggling with drug addiction and you've tried everything to help them and failed? 
Bobby Newman, a certified drug counselor with 30 years experience and an over 85% success rate as an interventionist, has created a series of 12 videos that you can use right now to learn every step to get your loved one to agree to treatment. Call 1-866-989-4499 today and say podcast to get a 10% discount. Or go to newmaninterventions.com and type in the word podcast for a 10% discount. This service comes with a free one-hour consultation with Bobby. Do it today. I mean, the level of overdoses that are happening in the country now are directly related to the amount of fentanyl that's out there. Hmm. So gone, honestly, it's mostly gone are the days of the heroin addict. But do we still see as much in the media right now about the opioid epidemic as we did when we started the podcast? It I feel doesn't like, seem like to me. If I, I, you know why? I feel like it's out there. We're just kind of desensitized to it. Maybe. My opinion. I mean, I scroll through Facebook on a daily basis in the different addiction groups and forums and... Um, there's a couple that will go over headlines and what's happening out there. And you know what? It almost became like the same thing every week. There's a massive fentanyl bust here. There's all these cocaine overdoses here because it was laced with fentanyl. You've got all these ridiculous stories. And, and that's where I got to the point where I'm like, I think I'm desensitized because it's not shocking. It's not like, oh, my God. It's just like <laughs> another another day in the United States, I guess. Yeah. Um. But the headlines are there. They just they start getting weird. That's why I start bringing up, you know, kids smoking bed bugs. That's why I bring up, you know, Snapchat is one of the one of the large ways some of the millennials are buying drugs these days. It's um, it's the fact that now people are vaping alcohol. Okay, we'll go on to that one, and then I get to do my headline. Tell me about vaping alcohol. <laughs> it's so stupid. Another thing that my little. Uh, How can you my, vape alcohol anyway? You just put like whiskey not, in the thing and... Well, here's the weird part of it. So my coworker again was saying, oh, you can't be heard people are vaping alcohol. I'm like, that's stupid. No, they're not. And then I go on Google and find out they are. And it's like actually a thing. And there is... And most of the websites I, I clicked on were like, oh my God, this is cool. And the people that tried it are like, this is amazing. And all this stuff. I'm like, no, stop. Please stop giving people ideas. Right. And say how amazing vaporizing your alcohol is. Like I can't. I, I just. I. I like. I. So, I can't. Okay. With so this stuff. I'm just going to ask the question. How. How high or drunk can you get? I mean, if I'm making chicken marsala and I pour red wine on there mm-hmm. and the fumes come up, that doesn't last. No. I mean, how 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 could you get drunk or high on alcohol? So when you're when you throw it in a pan, it, it and it's that hot and it cooks. The alcohol cooks out immediately. Okay. Right? So so how does it work in a vape machine? It doesn't. It's not even a vapor it, thing. It's weird. So from what I read and from what I understand about it, when you drink alcohol, it goes through your whole digestive tract, goes and filters through your stomach and your liver and all that stuff. And you excrete. Well, you, some gets filtered out and you excrete it. Some gets absorbed, obviously, and that causes intoxication. But also, when you're drinking alcohol, and your blood alcohol content is getting too high. Your body has a natural protective mechanism, which is called making you puke to keep yourself from poisoning yourself. Basically, right. so when you're vaporizing alcohol, you're bypassing all all your your whole digestive tract. You're bypassing your stomach. You're bypassing your liver. You're bypassing everything, and so all the alcohol is going straight in your bloodstream. Okay, so. You can get acutely intoxicated by a very small amount of it. So there's these little devices out there that they're using to 
vaporize little shots of whatever your favorite whiskey or liquor is, and it goes right in your system. Um, is it but, is it the same device that you use to vape tobacco? No, or uh, oh. no, it's it's so like, they come with a new device. This is like a new thing that was invented. It's like a new specialized thing where you sip the air out of the thing after you've heated the alcohol a little bit and it ca- creates fumes. Um, and and uh, because it bypasses all your body's mechanisms, you can get alcohol poison, poisoning and die super fast. It only takes a very small amount of the of vapor of like alcohol vapor to like majorly intoxicate you. And so this is going to be like one of those other things that we're going to hear horror it's stories gonna about. It's going to kill people. It's good. They're literally going to kill people. So alcohol poisoning has to do with the bloodstream, not any part of the digestive system. No, alcohol poisoning is is another word for like an alcohol overdose. Right. But I mean, it addresses, it, we're talking about the bloodstream. We're not talking about the digestive system. Right. Like when you yeah, we're talking about alcohol poisoning. You're talking about your blood There's alcohol. actually the blood. Yeah, when you're talking about when your blood alcohol content goes way too high and you're basically your body starts shutting down. Does it still hit the liver? If it goes to your bloodstream, it doesn't sound like it. Well, that's, but that's it the might, filter. It's got, it's got to it's at some It's where the blood point. gets filtered. It's where the blood gets, yeah, I don't know. I don't know too much about it. It's like this new thing that's just apparently becoming a trend and certain websites out there are like singing its praises and it's wow. really, really stupid because I can't, alcohol causes enough problems as it is in the in its like normal liquid form. Right. So now right. we're going to have people start vaporizing it, and it's going to be the I, 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 I don't have words. It's the dumbest thing I've heard of, because if it takes such a small amount of liquor to intoxicate you while you're vaporizing it, going straight in your bloodstream, I don't think a lot of people are going to end up in in drunk driving accidents or stuff like that. People, I think people are going to die. I think it's going to actually kill people hmm. because they're going to take way too much of it and not understand how it works differently from drinking. It's going to cause a major problem. Wow. So. That's where a, where where <laughs> is it happening right now? Is it pretty much all across the country, or is it isolated? Or? I don't I don't know if it, I don't even think I could speak on like geographically where people are doing just this. Just knowing it's it's a thing, it's a trend that's starting. It's on the internet, and people are talking about it. I don't think it's hit you know to where it's a major problem yet. And they're talking about certain areas of the country being affected by people doing this, but I see it definitely having the potential to be a humongous issue. Interesting. What, well, you, what do you have? Well, you know, we've talked about marijuana, obviously. Hello, all you marijuana supporters. Give it back to us. I can't wait. But this is an article in the Washington Post, and it says, Potent pot, vulnerable tree, teens, trigger concerns in first states to legalize marijuana. Mm-hmm. I hope nobody's surprised at this. Just kind of like I say, how could you be surprised about the media? But it says the first two states to legalize recreational marijuana are starting to grapple with teenagers' growing use of highly potent pot, even as both boost the industry and reap huge tax windfalls from its sales. So even though the legal the legal purchase age in Colorado and Washington is 21, they're saying that youths are easily getting a hold of edibles infused with tetrahydrocannabinol THC. or THC, duh. Uh-huh. Really? You think kids aren't going to get a hold of it? The psychoactive component that causes a high in concentrates such as shatter, a brittle honey-colored substance that is heated and then inhaled through a special device. Each poses serious risks to adolescents' physical and mental health. I'm kind of like, you know, like I see an article like this and I go, what did you think was going to happen? What you know, and I remember Amy Ronshausen from Drug Free America mm-hmm. coming on the podcast and saying, 
you know, the sale of marijuana is a teeny tiny little part of the overall budget of the state. Right. Do you know? But it's like, so here's a, a, you know, a psychiatrist who says horrible things are happening to kids. This is psychiatrist Libby Stite, who treats teens in southwestern Colorado and has studied the health impacts of high-potency marijuana. Ooh, maybe we can get her on the podcast. Ooh. I see increased problems with psychosis, with addiction. Weird. With suicide, with depression, and anxiety. Huh. Well, yeah. But I just kind of want to go, I want to say to those who voted to legalize marijuana in Colorado and Washington and, and every other state that's done it. Are you surprised? Why are you surprised? What did you think was going to happen? Yeah. Did you think it was everything all, you know, you know, Nirvana was going to occur in your state because you legalized marijuana? Hello. Yeah, well speaking of which, it's probably the same supporters of uh, legalizing marijuana in Denver also lobbying for the legalization of psychedelic mushrooms in Denver. Probably. Yeah, that happened this last week too. They, uh, or actually, happened last month. But I just read about it now. Is that uh, there's a movement to decriminalize psychedelic mushrooms, and they actually had a guy who's heading some organization for the legalization of psychedelic mushrooms in Denver. Tried to implicate or tried to imply that their psilocybin, which is the active ingredient in psychedelic mushrooms, actually has a potential to handle opioid addiction. At that point, I clicked off the page. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Anyway, so now they're going to try and pass laws so as to make it harder for young people to get black market pot. Well, okay, so think about it. Good luck with that. When I think about it, it's like, okay, so the legal drinking age has been 21 my entire life. When I was 16, it was not really hard to have someone go to a liquor store for me and buy me booze. So it's like the same thing with marijuana. It's like, are you surprised that kids are still getting a hold of everything that's in the weed stores? (laughs) and and yeah psychosis is a thing with uh, high levels of thc i mean i've had enough of my own little bad trips on you know smoking weed and getting all weird and paranoid feeling and that was before it was like you know, it before is now. it was as strong as it is now and now i mean with it being so strong i think it was a couple of years ago we started hearing the stories about you know psychiatric issues or people going to psychosis from thc um, out in colorado started to increase pretty big um, and a lot of it's because with the edibles, dosing instructions might not exactly be clear <laughs> when you get a candy bar. Even if they're clear, you think anybody's going to read them? No. Well, or, <clears throat> or pretty much under if Here's they, if they bag do. bag of gummies, but only two. Or they just underestimate the sheer power or strength of these edibles. Because there's a whole different high that apparently occurs when you eat them versus smoking it. again you get more of it in your bloodstream and uh people have underestimated that and i also heard my cousin okay this is funny my cousin went to uh i think she went to university of colorado okay and she's out there and she's like you know people go into the airports and have bags filled with edibles and get on planes and go to other states and it doesn't seem like tsa really cares at all i was like wait a second what she's like yeah it's like it's like almost a stable datum that you have. It's like I this piece of information you have when getting on a plane. It's like you don't take weed buds, but you can take as many edibles as you want. And TSA isn't going to care. And so what happens is that she was traveling somewhere with a friend of hers. And her friend was concerned going through security. Oh, I have edibles in my bag. She said, yeah, don't worry about it. They were like, people were like, yeah, don't worry about it. 
and they put the bags through her bag got pulled they went through everything they pulled all her edibles out and apparently she had like a thing of toothpaste they wouldn't let her take on so they took that put the edibles back in her bag zipped it up and she was free to go i was like what <laughs> so those edibles aren't just making it to the kids in colorado it's making it to people nationwide because it's just getting packed in bags and taken distributed to other places and it's like yeah yeah we told you that was gonna happen <laughs> exactly that was gonna happen so exactly i don't know well here's the good news so um, uh, in Seattle, where they legalized marijuana, but this is kind of interesting, no charges for personal drug possession. Seattle's bold gamble to bring peace after the war on drugs. And the idea is that instead of arresting People, addicts, you know. they're going to get them into treatment. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, which we've talked about before. So it says... Um, the approach, which is being considered elsewhere, amounts to a bold experiment during a historic drug epidemic. Can a major American city beat drug abuse by treating it as a public health crisis rather than a crime? Mm -hmm. It's being hailed by criminal justice reformers as a humane alternative. And we've talked about this before because it doesn't, you know, it doesn't make sense to just arrest addicts and send addicts them in jail and send them to jail. It's not, it's not the right handling for that the right handling is in fact treatment yeah, there's no yeah so there's minimal recovery in jails and prisons minimal at like best barely any yeah and so people just learn i feel like a lot of people just learn how to be better criminals and be well be <laughs> i can't even talk they learn how to be better connected while in prison so you meet other people to get your hustle going once you get out and some people are just not in the mind frame of getting clean at that point and it's like i've talked to parents who say you know they're in jail so thank you for telling me about Narconon, but I think it's probably better that they just sit in jail and think about it and learn their lesson and, you know, figure things out. It's like, it's not about learning their lesson or figuring things out. They literally have no clue how to deal with life at all. And this is their only solution. So sitting in jail and thinking about it, all they're going to do is sit there and think about how badly they want to get high. So as soon as they get out, that's what they're going to do. I went through that personally. Yeah, I know not, that's a real thing. It's not treatment. I think it'll be... I think it'll be interesting to see how successful it is in Seattle. It seems like it seems like we talked about another part of the U.S. where they were trying this yeah. many, many weeks ago. I don't remember when, but, uh, you know, it makes sense to us. And we've talked to, you know, the sheriff, the local sheriff, mm -hmm. and he said basically the same thing. You know, just arresting an addict is not going to lead to a recovered addict. No, we can't arrest our way it's out gonna, of the problem. It's going to lead to an addict who now has a, who now has a prison record, but okay. But... Not he's not going to get treatment there. He's yeah. not going to recover there. Yep, I agree. We can't arrest our way out of the problem. What we can do is just urge people towards solutions that work and keep educating people about what's going on out there. Is hopefully more people listen to us than to the, some of the fake headlines out there that are just completely infuriating. <laughs> exactly. So. What are you seeing at Narcan on these days? Uh, you know, honestly, it's the same as usual. It's the it's the meth, heroin, coke. Um, Interesting. It's, it's everything. You know. We're seeing more and more people come in after having gone to more and more centers. Okay. Um, and actually, for the first time in a while, I've seen some <laughs> a few people come in that were their first treatment center, which I'm very happy about. Yeah. That people are finding us first before having to hit failures, you know, in other places. Yeah, right. Josie was the, this was her first yeah. one, right? Mm -hmm. I remember that. I remember talking to her, and I think she was one of the only people that we spoke to on the podcast that had not been through a bunch Multiple of treatments. other rehabs. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's a lot of the same. I mean, in the summertime, you know, it's a little bit weird because some people think, oh, I'm just going to get a summer job and things are going to be fine, go back to school in the fall, and I'll just get everything back together then and whatever. 
And then honestly, in the summer times, there's so much more partying going on and people are getting way more trouble. There's way more, you know, arrests and drug driving offenses and things that happen that, you know, we just find people find their way into treatment and we're open. We're ready. We've got beds to <laughs> to fill. And so if you have a problem out there, instead of drinking and drugging your way through the summer, maybe use the summertime to get your life together. So in the fall, you can go out there and prosper and do everything you want to do maybe instead of getting arrested too yeah. you could contact narconon and get some help true you, know? you never think you're gonna get arrested until you do yeah i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure well okay jason we will um you know we'll keep talking about this situation i i applaud you know the washington post for pointing out to colorado that uh yeah kids are going to abuse the legalized marijuana mm-hmm yeah, gee, we kind of knew that, but okay. We knew it. And uh, I'm sure we'll hear about it on Facebook. You, yeah, of course. But uh, we'll keep talking because um, more and more of this needs to get out, more of the same message. So if you're listening, um, parents, you might want to check out Snapchat if your kids are using it on their phone. You mm-hmm. heard about it here on the Addiction Podcast. And parents in Colorado, you might want to keep an eye on your kids getting a hold of edible marijuana. And actually anywhere in the country, because now we know that you can just take it out of Colorado with no problem. So we'll talk again next week, Jason. We will, as we do. Okay. You have been listening to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For more information, call 877-339-3324 or visit www.narcononsuncoast.org. Narconon is a non-12-step rehabilitation program based on the works of L. Ron Hubbard.